Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Let's get your week going by going over everything you need to know that happened across the region today. This is STL All Local. Today is Monday, June 5th. I'm Michael Calhoun, our top local story. A carjacker sobs his heart out in St. Louis federal court as he's sentenced to almost 20 years in prison for his role in a carjacking spree here three years ago. 21-year-old Dietrich Williams pleaded guilty to five counts, admitting he stole people's cars at gunpoint. This man, who testified as a victim, says Williams was misled by a culture that says this is okay to do. You know, and I could tell in looking at all of what they were doing, they were having fun. This was fun. This was... They weren't malicious. They weren't trying to make any money doing this. This was just teenagers having fun. As Dietrich was led from the courtroom with chains jangling, he looked at the ceiling crying and was heard to say, I don't believe it, 20 years. An historic church south of downtown that ministers to the poor is asking some homeless camping on their lawn to leave this week for their own safety after a shooting over the weekend. It happened at St. Vincent de Paul Church at 9th and Park where someone fired shots that struck a brick wall not far from where about a dozen homeless pitched their tents. Celeste Mueller with the church says those being asked to break camp are still welcome to come for food, clothing, and other ministries. The people who come here for meals, for lunch, for for coffee and donuts with us are part of their family. They don't, they don't sit in a separate little, you know, roped off area. They're part of us. Police are investigating the shooting. The campers are being asked to leave by Wednesday. Kevin Killeen, KMOX News. The Air Force Base in the Metro East is given a new responsibility. The U.S. Transportation Command, headquartered at Scott Air Force Base, is now the Pentagon's gas station for the entire world. General Jacqueline Van Ovo says Transcom is, quote, uniquely experienced and positioned to serve as the single manager for bulk fuel, which will enhance our nation's military readiness. Well, the order for the command at Scott to take over control of global bulk fuel for the military was handed down last month and is part of the latest defense authorization from Congress. Sean Michael Lyle, KMOX News. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker continues his pension for promoting legislation after it's been passed. He was in Peoria and Quincy today touting the homeless programs in the newly passed state budget. Stable housing is the basis for success in every other aspect of our existence. Yet over 120,000 Illinoisans experience homelessness annually. The $50 billion budget has a new Home Illinois plan that focuses on prevention, crisis intervention, along with new temporary and and permanent housing units. Despite all the divisive headlines from the last Missouri legislative session, there is some optimism. But this year, and much like last year, the vast majority of the things that passed the House were surprisingly bipartisan and good, and and really non-controversial. It, I will say they had opposition from Republicans, actually, but unanimous Democrats for most of these bills, and uh, a good number of moderate Republicans, and we were able to pass some good things. That's South City State Representative Peter Meredith, who says they expanded early childhood education, postpartum care, and funded expansion of I-70. He says the biggest failure of the session was an all-out refusal by Republicans to touch any common-sense gun legislation. Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. The U.S. Supreme Court today declined to stop the execution of Michael Tysus after his attorneys claimed his age at the time of the killing of two prison guards should have been a factor in his sentencing. Tysus was 19 years old when he murdered a pair of Randolph County guards the denial by the high court was followed by Governor Parson announcing he will not intervene in the execution, saying the killer received due process and fair proceedings. Tysus is set to die by lethal injection in Bon Terre after 6 p.m. Tuesday. 
Now, KMOX Health Editor, Fred Bottomer. The Plan B emergency contraceptive will now be available at all three public health centers in St. Louis County. Plan B is the emergency contraceptive used by women to prevent pregnancy after a birth control failure, such as a broken condom or after unprotected sex. The kits are available during regular business hours, no questions asked, at the John C. Murphy Health Center in Berkeley, the North Central Community Health Center in Jennings, and the South County Center in Sunset Hills. Fred Bottomer, KMOX News. The KMOX Business Desk, news from St. Louis's largest airline. One less thing for Southwest Airlines to worry about this summer as the carrier and the union for its flight attendants reach an agreement, in principle, on a new contract. The exact wording still must be finished before a full vote. This comes two days after Southwest reached a preliminary three-year contract extension with its mechanics. Andrew O'Day, Bloomberg Radio. Let's welcome in Julian Nix, who is coming in as the chief executive officer of Launch Code. He's familiar because... He was a member of the board of directors and has left that position in preparation for coming in as CEO. Thanks for being with us, Julian. No, thank you all for having me. You know, we, Julian, we've had uh, topics of Launch Code. We've had different leadership from Launch Code on on the show for a number of years now. But for our listeners, give us, uh, you know, just a primer of what is Launch Code and, and how do people, you know, benefit from it? Yeah, so what LaunchCo really is, is we provide free tech education to students. Um, and the real goal is to really build a skilled workforce that really helps solve the talent gap, not only in St. Louis, but all the other regions that we serve, such as Kansas City and Philadelphia. Um, and the way we do that is, like we said, we provide free tech education, and we hope to promise our students who get placed into jobs, jobs on the back end. And that that has really a threefold impact. One, it really having a huge impact on our learners, for most of them at which we double their salary as a core outcome, which is life-changing for them and their families. At the same time, we provide talent to companies who need it, um, where it's critical to their growth, especially in the kind of Midwest region. And then third, a broader economic impact and positive externality it also has on the community from an economic well-being. And so our overall mission kind of has an impact on all three of those groups in really positive and transformational ways. Launch Code, I can't believe it's been a decade, I believe, since uh, Jim McKelvey founded this. Uh, I remember the launch at Lab 1500 on Washington Avenue, the old co-working space. Uh, and it grew out of uh, the need to, uh, you know, he was working with Jack Dorsey on Square. Uh, and they, they couldn't find the engineers here to, to build the company. So they went to San Francisco. They've since come back. Uh, but when it comes to Launch Code's unique approach to this, Julian, um, it seems like, you know, we've got a lot of companies that are popping up uh, seeing retraining needs as a revenue opportunity. We'll charge people to take these classes. Um, but yours are free. You've got these placement opportunities. It seems like uh, you've taken the route of looking at it from the employer's perspective. They need to fill these jobs. Uh, and so the, the burden is not on those learners who may be trying to change their career. They don't necessarily have the money for tuition uh, for a big uh, you know, tech training course. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I think when we look at the base of students we serve and the problem that we have is reality, we can't create barriers for learners to take the opportunity to get retraining into jobs. And so our hope is by taking the risk of the payment off and really focusing our students on the education and then on the back end, working with the employers to make sure those students have opportunities on the back end is the best way to really solve this problem, really creating an open door for the talent and then helping and working with our corporate partners to secure that talent into the workforce. 
workforce. And so we believe that's a transformational approach, and we also think that's the reason why we're going to have a continued platform for growth to bring in more learners and also bring in more corporate partners as we look to grow and scale nationally. Well, if, uh, if, if I know anything about transformation and transformational leadership, it starts with a vision. Julian, what is your vision for LaunchCode as you, as you take the reins? Yeah. So look, I, I really think first, we, we've kind of been in this growth journey for the last 10 years and really figuring out who it is that we focus on, what programs we want to serve, what students we want to serve, and how it all works. And so I think as we come in, the first real big thing on my agenda is one is just refining what we do and learning what we do and making that better and making that more efficient for both our learners, our employers, kind of, and our broader communities, and making sure what we're doing now is working and kind of making any tweaks to that broader model. And then, look, at the end of the day, this tech talent workforce gap issue is not just an issue in St. Louis. It's not just an issue in Kansas City. It's not just an issue in Philadelphia. It's an issue everywhere. And so our hope is we'll quickly kind of translate that to an operational plan that we can take and bring launch code all across the, all across the nation. And so that's kind of our vision, our ambition, um, really starting from day one. One of the things that I've always appreciated about launch code is how nimble it's been and its ability to respond to the needs of those that it serves, either the, the learner or the corporate uh, industry partner who is hiring the talent. Uh, if I think back to how it originally started, it was set up to be paired programming, where uh, almost through an apprenticeship type program mm -hmm. where somebody interested in coding would join a company uh, for really on the job training and be paired with another uh, developer, a more senior developer to learn how to code alongside them. Uh, that had some fits and starts. It looked like now, the, you know, over time it turned into these very specific classes uh, for across the board and different program uh, different programming languages. As you as you see things like machine learning and artificial intelligence uh, starting to surface, how how does Launch Code survey the landscape on a regular basis and respond to the needs of a very fast changing industry? Yeah, so look, at launch we kind of have two aspects. Is So one, certainly our path has been focused more on the direct placement and directly into employers with on-the-job training. And we still do quite a bit of that. We do do our self-source candidates that we go and place that are already job-ready with some of the basic skills to do the job that we place directly in careers. I think as we've looked at kind of launch code over time and we've tried to expand our base, there's not as many people who have those job-ready skills. And so when you look at our classes like our LC one-on-one and those respective programs, those are really about introducing our candidates to some of the base skills that they're required to as really as a prerequisite to being on the job and getting more of that direct on-the-job training to customize things that are the need of our employers. And so that is still a core focus and that's still how we operate. As we think about how we stay relevant, we're always in discussions with our employer partners. We have a unique talent solutions group that helps and creates customized programs for the training needs of each of our respective employer partners. And we continue to kind of stay up to date and trying to understand where those are going, what else is needed for our launch code. And we regularly adapt our curriculum to try to best service those groups. In terms of what that means looking forward, naturally, I'm not on the ground yet, still working full-time at Bain & Company until I start the position um, in, July, in late July. But the hope is that we'll get to more clarity on that and continue to make sure that we provide the most up-to-date training to help both our learners, but also our employers see success out of our program and out of our apprentices. All right, Julian Nix, the, new, the incoming CEO for LaunchCode. Julian, thanks for joining us. No, thank you all. It's been great. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Calhoun. Stay tuned for another update from Debbie Monterey in the morning.